0: podcast we're so glad you're joining us again and on this episode we had so much happening but Lots before happening. i go into detail i want to introduce everybody here i'm nate and along with me we have some other co-hosts you know
1: we do this every single time i know you gotta make sure you I say know, hi though i know you're right
0: it could be someone's first time you're listening. right
1: you're probably right you're right my name is jacob I'm the producer. Nice.
2: And you're really good at it. I I am very good at it, actually. He is very good at (laughs) it. Even even to like, oh, my name's Evan. Yes, make sure you say Evan. Yes. Yes. He's the other guy. The guy
0: that sounds like a giant. Right. Yes.
2: One time we were playing video games. (laughs) Nate and I, we were playing video games. We were on headsets and we, we were playing Overwatch. If oh. you guys have played Overwatch, I have not played, if, but I've. If anyone about in it. the oh. audience knows it, it is a fantastic game, but it's, it's also- kind of a dying game at this point. Oh, unfortunately. is it? Blizzard's Under Trouble. Oh. It's been out for five ish years or more. Uh-huh. Uh, and they were adding new characters all along. Right. So it's been a very updated game until the last like year and a half uh, when they, the company went through some crap. But there's still people playing. So, anyways, this was a couple years ago. We're at my house. Uh, we had side by side like TVs, oh, playing mm-hmm. video games, recliners. little land party, wow. recliners. Oh my gosh. Those were the days. Chips, man. <laughs> it was <laughs> awesome.
0: Skittles. Was this like Skittles. last year or? Uh, yeah, last yeah. year too. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Back when I was younger. Yes. <laughs> when we
2: were much more immature. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We sure. didn't. We don't have time for video games nowadays. That <laughs> yeah. golly, we grew beyond it. Um, but we're in this party. And some random person that we were talking to, she just all of a sudden stops, talks to me and goes, you sound like a giant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we both gut laughed for probably five minutes. Well, I didn't, I didn't know that
2: apparently my voice in some way lends itself to me being a giant. Well, so that person well, picked it up. They're not wrong. Compared to the average size human, I am a giant. Yeah. Anyways, uh, back ways. to Jacob being a great producer. Oh, well, we showed up today. Do you think you're a descendant of Goliath?
1: <laughs> oh, he was like nine feet tall.
0: Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm a descendant of Thank Abraham. You. No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs>
2: Abraham had many sons. <laughs> I can't remember that song. I, I refused to go to Sunday school as a child. Mm. You totally just wish refused. I refused.
1: Sorry, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's on the podcast. That <laughs> was one of those. Sorry, kids. Yeah, Sorry, Mom. It just is what it is. But
2: anyways, I feel like I'm talking the whole intro, but I want to get this in. This is oh, awesome. Okay. It's it's praiseworthy for Jacob. Yeah, I mean, we things. showed up today to record the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. And there were waters and coffees on the table ready waiting to for go. Us. It is the first time in my life, Jacob, where I felt like a star. <laughs> Well, I showed you, <laughs> up knowing I'm going to go get coffee, but Jacob, our podcast producer, yeah. had a coffee waiting for us. I did. Us. And this I know so what awesome. coffee you guys like. Let's live to
0: just give. look out at there. this. Live to give. Yes. The
1: Starbucks order is a tall dark roast. Wow. Yes. This is them. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about getting Starbucks, then I was like, nah, I'll just make it. Mm, down. We'll save some fine. money.
0: So who do we have on as our guests?
1: Right, the podcast today we have Alexia and Stephen. I actually don't know their last names. I can't remember what we what just the... talked. To I, them. Them. I know, but I don't. They didn't say their last <laughs> names. Stephen Meyer and Alexia. I don't know her last. Hankin. name. Hankin. There you go. Hankin. I was close. Yeah. I wasn't close at all. So no, add to. them um, on Facebook. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did. I don't know. Anyways, um, they both work for a, an organization called UCO, which is University Christian outreach ship. Yep. Yes, um and we talk about that a lot. We also mentioned that it's University Christian Outreach again in the actual interview. Mm-hmm. But they work with students. Um they kind of honestly they're kind of on the front lines like in regard to like student ministry. Yeah, um, one's I
0: Michigan State University, right. which they'll explain, yeah, but they'll the other's at too. Michigan. So we have a divided podcast. Right. <laughs> yeah. Pretty tense. Well,
2: that was one of the most interesting things for me was hearing how the environments and right. what students mm-hmm. are going through are yeah. totally different at the two colleges. Well, you know, I mean, it's crazy. They're completely different universities, too. Right. Well, obviously,
1: but... But yeah. yeah, it makes sense. But that was just way. so
2: interesting to hear Stephen and Alexia share yeah, that part.
1: And honestly, it reminded me it, or made me think about my sister, who's currently in school. She's going and getting a nursing degree, mm. and some of the stuff that they were talking about, like the the franticness mm-hmm. and the. The stress in general, like the the need to perform, all that right. kind of stuff, is like so evident, especially in my sister's school. And it's, I mean, part of it is because it's nursing school, so it's really intense in the first yeah. place. But but like for example, she can't get below, uh, I think, an eighty overall on the tests that she takes, or else she gets kicked out of the program. Like that's wow. crazy. It's intense. She's yeah. like always studying, always. Mm-hmm. She can't have a social life. She can't like have fun because she has to study. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To just to be able to pass and be a nurse. So like it's crazy. The stuff that they expect these students to do. It's mind blowing. That's hard.
0: And also I just want to remind the audience, uh all twelve. I <laughs> Stop. No, but I do want to remind, we do record at the church and real life happens. We had a phone oh, yes. ring in the background. What Jacob tried. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're popular for this podcast, yeah. definitely. <laughs> and Jacob tried to get up and answer I it or take care of it. Take care of it. No. Yeah. We have squeaky Forget- doors. We have all kinds of stuff. So <laughs> uh, just so you is. know, real life is is also happening mm-hmm. as we record a podcast. Mm-hmm. So if you hear some things, know that we're at the church recording. Yeah. It happens. It does. It It happens.
2: So I
1: have a question. Yeah. What did you, what are you walking away from our conversation with Steven and Alexia with today?
0: Nate. Oh, I I definitely feel encouraged. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. I think in talking about hope, that kind of stuff, uh, Alexia shared a little bit of her story and what she's going through. And that was just, incredible. it was inspiring because to know- I don't want to give too much away of the podcast, but the fact that like at the end of it, I'm thinking through, Oh, I can get through so much more in my own life because of what she's gone through and everything that she is facing, you know? Um, so yeah, I just think it was extremely inspirational on that side.
1: Genuinely in this moment, like walking into the conversation, I felt a certain way and walking out of the conversation, I genuinely feel like it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Like God's
2: good. (laughs) Just
1: reminded that God is good.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, what power in that? And, and ultimately, that's what our podcast is about, is about hope and entertainment. Um, we want to make you feel hopeful when you get done listening to every single one of our mm. podcasts. Uh, but we also want to make sure that you're uh, finding joy within it, too, and just oh, having thanks. some fun and that we're a laid back, relaxed environment for you to to check out weekly. But, yeah, that's that's the power of hope, and that's what they ultimately mm. gave us in this podcast. Do you have anything just,
1: specific, like, that you're walking away with?
2: Uh, honestly, it's the same thing that you guys shared yeah. uh, uh, more towards the end of the conversation when we started talking specifically about hope. It was just so moving. Hmm. Um, I, I caught myself... Um, staring at the the two of them as they were wrapping up and then you know a good podcast host is like all right time to move on like keep the conversation moving what's the next question sure. is there a piggyback question whatever like and I was just like literally I think my mouth was even open <laughs> like, I was just staring <laughs> at them like ah oh, like they they are doing mm-hmm. it they are they are they having are. an incredible uh spiritual experience in what they're doing and so mm-hmm. man it's just beautiful
0: yeah, so buckle up, get prepared, be ready to be inspired and also uh, I hope you're entertained cuz yep. I think there's levels in which um, this interview you'll find a great question and even some tension that was potentially <laughs> resolved, right? Wasn't there yeah. a resolution there? That was very entertaining <laughs> yeah, sure. to listen to. We found common ground on a on a hot topic, <laughs> one that you there. don't see coming. <laughs> so enjoy this interview with Alexia and Stephen. <laughs>
2: Tell us a little bit about yourself, just upbringing, <laughs> who you are, how you got to where you are today.
3: Great. Yeah. My name's Alexia. Uh, I currently work for University Christian Outreach. I'm in my third year of doing that, which is wonderful. Um, I grew up in uh, Pontiac, Michigan, um, and also Waterford, Michigan. I went to school at Waterford, Kettering. Long story. Um,
1: <laughs>
3: but I, yeah, I did that. I studied journalism at Michigan state and graphic design. Um, yeah, that's me. I don't know. What else should I say? Oh, that's great. great. That's okay. great. <laughs> How about
4: you, Steven? Uh, yeah, my name's is Steven Meyer. I was, uh, I'm originally from outside of Chicago. That's where my dad's side of the family's from. Uh, but we moved to Michigan when I was pretty young, moved to East Lansing and my mom got a job at Michigan state university. So, I'm I'm pretty much a Michigander at this point in my life and uh I stayed here and went to high school here graduated from East Lansing High School and uh went to Michigan State University that's kind of a long story I didn't really want to do that but that was great <laughs> actually and it was just God's plan for me and uh it turned out to be really excellent I I also connected with University Christian Outreach just a, a group of Christians on campus and uh did all four years kind of spending time volunteering, doing mission, um, lived in our household program for two years with other guys. Uh, and then afterwards took up a job with UCO, uh, doing staff work, trying to pass it along. And, uh, they asked me to move out to Ann Arbor. So moved out to Ann Arbor and Holy land. God's That's right. God's nope. country. The promised oh land, country. apparently. Stop that. But
2: <laughs> no,
4: I'm, I'm with Alexia. I'm, I, bleed I bleed green. I bleed green. It's mm-hmm. good. They haven't cut me, so I haven't been discovered out there yet. That's but, good. That's good. Uh, because it's, it's the great. Holy Land. With a nice people. You know, Ann Arbor has really grown on me, though. I will say, that's and good. Has that, uh, has that effect. Yeah, yeah like a
2: parasite. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> mutually beneficial, though.
4: Hey, Jesus Christ is there. That's where you want to be. There you go. God <laughs> How is many... um,
3: omnipresent. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> How many uh, football games have you been to?
4: You know, I've only been to one U of M game. That's Was that it like? enough for you? Yeah. Was it like? Uh, They played Army. They almost lost. (laughs) Of course. Um, They were ranked still number 17 in the country after that. And I felt a little lied to.
2: (laughs) But... (laughs) <laughs> Not what we were quite looking for, but I had I guess a man's that's a good knees response in from, the uh, small <laughs> of my back for three hours.
4: Yeah, yeah and I thought, you is. know this is great. I want to be here. <laughs> Glad to serve. No, it was great. <laughs> it was great, don't, that was don't
3: good. Finish that with it was great.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so okay. for our,
0: go ahead, Nate. So you guys work for the same organization. Mm-hmm. What was it like when you guys met each other for the first time?
4: Uh, well, we did not work for the same organization yeah, at that point, that I should point, clarify. Yeah. Uh, so how did you guys meet? We were sophomores. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was sophomore year. It was the year.
3: first day of our, I think first for me it was my first class my sophomore year. Yeah. So the first class that you have to take is me and Stephen both studied journalism. Um, and it's the first class that you take as a journalism major, which I think both of us thought we were too good for. Um, yeah.
0: So confident people. <laughs>
3: um maybe proud
0: is the better word yeah
3: um i'm speaking for myself at I'm
0: least i'm agreeing
4: um, great
3: um but at the time i was working for the state news which is the student newspaper at michigan state which steven kind of i'm sure grew up sort of reading and i loved it. That was what I was like dreaming about doing as like a, a high school student. My dream was to go to Michigan state. And then I made it right. Um, and the first moment we meet our, our teacher is like, Oh, does anybody here work for the state news? Um, and at the same time that I raise my hand, Stephen is directly across from me. Wait,
4: wait, wait! No, no, this is not <laughs> okay. Okay. I <laughs> <laughs> can Fine. I can I defend myself?
0: Yes, you can defend okay. yourself. Yeah. I
4: will say I take full responsibility for actions here that I'm not proud of. <laughs> okay, okay, that's an, that's first. All right. She did ask. She wanted individual um, like introductions, and one of the questions was, "Do you work for the state news?" And I went first to answer all the questions. That's how it happened. And I said things that I did not need to say.
3: What did you say, Stephen? I
4: said, I basically introduced (laughs) myself. I said, no, I don't work for the state news. I kind of thought, to be honest, that she was like, she's a new professor and I... (laughs) I was like, okay, the state news, they don't hire freshmen, right? Like, this is our introductory they don't fire, they class. They don't hire usual freshmen. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
4: saying this is our intro to journalism. I'm like, right, listen. You wouldn't expect that. They can't hire these people, right? And so I said, no. I oh, mean, I was such an idiot. I said, no, I don't work for the state news. To be honest, I'm not that impressed by it. Oh. I don't know why I felt the need <laughs> to say that Very stupid Really unhelpful
3: I had three co-workers in this class by the way So it wasn't just me oh, That man. was immediately like oh my gosh That frat dude in that <laughs> class That's what I thought at least I was like I actually So I, I raised my hand And I'm like oh I proudly work for the state news And I'm actually really You know really pleased with the work That we produce thank you. And I'm sort of like <laughs> eyeing daggers at Steven. Um, and
4: I deserved it.
3: Yeah. I really did. <laughs> um, but I actually went home to my roommates. This is al- also at 8am. So nobody's having a great time. Um, <laughs> and I go home to my roommates and I'm like, Oh man, I think I really need to share Jesus with this guy in my class because he's just, you know, I don't know. He's just a grump. And
4: you No, know, and she was right, <laughs> is the thing. <laughs>
3: yep. And that is how we met. <laughs> That's
4: awesome.
3: Uh, but uh, mm, the, way, the way that I, I got involved with UCO is actually really funny because Steve and I continued to not really be friends for the rest of this semester. Um, <laughs> I thought he had such an ego. Um <laughs> Because kind of did. Yeah. Um, well, no, we You guys we've, realize
2: this is a podcast, yes. not therapy. No.
4: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I want to say, <laughs> I've since apologized yes.
3: for and a and lot of He, this. Is, this is, he is forgiven. We've talked about this, but it, it was just funny. Stephen was the reason, actually, that I got involved with UCO. Um, I chased him down a flight of stairs after the Holy Spirit told me to introduce myself. And I was like, I don't want to. I don't like that guy. And the Lord said, Here's some humble. Um, and then I started going to UCO. So thank you, Stephen.
0: <laughs> that's, that's, that's a great story. Yeah. Just,
2: I mean, just to, for clarification for our audience, we are talking about a organization called University Christian mm-hmm. Outreach. We're going to reference it a ton throughout this podcast. We just call it UCO. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Um,
2: so tell us a little bit about the organization UCO. What do they do?
4: Sure. Well, uh, I mean, we're a campus ministry. There's a number of campus ministries, right? Um, And what we're trying to do is just provide a place where people can encounter Jesus Christ and come and choose for him more fully. Um, You know, we really believe that college is a time where you make significant decisions that Mm -hmm. set you on a certain trajectory in your life. And uh, people are also, I think, more free and open to make those sorts of decisions in that time. And we want to be radical disciples in a way that witnesses to the fact that God came in human form and he died and he resurrected. <laughs> He's alive. He loves them. He cares for them. He has new life for them. Um, so that's a lot of what we do really is is work with students and just help empower their yes to the Lord. Um, encourage them. Uh, call them on. Give teachings where you know where we can. We're not pastors or <laughs> something like that, uh, but we can reflect on the work of the Lord and uh, the movement of the Spirit in our own lives, and pray and be faithful, brothers and sisters, to those who are trying to choose for him. So we're involved in evangelism on campus Mm -hmm. and trying to witness, do outreach and as well as discipleship. And we try to provide a lot of resources for those who do say, Hey, I want to know Jesus Christ more fully. I want to just get to know who he is and try to live for him. There seems to be something here. We try to provide Mm -hmm. a lot of resources to help them, uh, connect and support one another. Um, and just come to know the Lord more fully. Is that pretty?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think something that uh, is definitely unique to UCO that I fell in love with as a student was there are sort of like two arms of UCO, so to speak. Like we have a really heavy outreach um, capacity on one end for students who are just starting to explore the ministry. And then we have a really strong discipleship culture, like you were saying, Stephen, Um, that really provides students with super practical, um, you know, this is how a disciple deals with things like your money, things like your speech, um, like the small details of life that uh, actually like the Lord wants to take hold of and give us freedom in, in all sorts of ways. And the, you know, Christianity is, is a daily walk, but it's also like sort of an hourly kind of thing and something that is really exciting to me about UCO is that we really are training up these students in some of their most formative years of when they're figuring out who they are. I mean, college really is in a way, when you do that, um, they're figuring it out with the formation of this is what it means to look like Christ in the most like small and practical details of who I am.
0: What do you think uh, right now in the life of um, college students? What do you think is the main struggle? That they're facing right now we just came out of a pandemic we've mm-hmm. come out of a significant couple of years and i'm just curious in your eyes and what you guys are experiencing how are you seeing the struggles of the college age
4: i think um it's you know there's there's different ways that this manifests but it's always fear right um i mean the prince of the kingdom of this world he uses fear and so it's just a question of like, how is that manifesting, you know, for this day and age and for this group, this group of people? Mm-hmm. Um, and and we could say probably a lot about that. I'm interested to hear Alexia's thoughts, too, but I, mm-hmm. I see a lot of um, a lot of students who have really swallowed this culture that tells them that their life and the worth of their life is based on their productivity mm-hmm. and how much they can produce and how much they can prove themselves um and i think there's a lot of fear and for some people mm-hmm. that that leads them to this workaholism mm-hmm. um it leads them to people pleasing it leads them to living for the approval of society and uh, those they encounter for others i think it actually really shuts them down and that I think, you know, that really is where I think a lot of the depressive, anxious sort Mm -hmm. of mental health crises, Mm -hmm. sort of buzzwords. That's where this is coming in. I think actually is a lot of people just feel like they're failures. Mm -hmm. They feel like they're cast off. They feel like they're hopeless. Um, they feel like they just don't measure up. Mm -hmm. A lot of our students, um, that we, that we find on campus, I think fall into one of those two camps in different ways.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would completely agree. Um, and I would add, I think we have a real, not to use another buzzword, (laughs) but I would almost say even a (laughs) kind of pandemic of sorts, like a, a, a mental pandemic of not knowing who God is and God's power. Um, I think it is really, you know, when I, when I think about even, you know, talking about fear or workaholism or this like idea of I have to be enough, what also that is, is sort of a a self-centeredness. I think like my life is about me and I need to prove myself. Um, when the closer you get to God, you know, like it's, you know, your life actually isn't about you. It's not yours. Um, and the Lord has given it to you as a gift. And I mean, the antidote to all of those things is knowing who God is and knowing who we are in relation to him. Um, but it's, it's really hard to know that, <laughs> you know? Um, and we live in a world that is so full of distraction and so full of different messages and so full of uh, sort of a lot of different forms of, you know, selfishness. That's really, you know, almost like, you know, veneered in something else, you know, but this whole like believe in yourself, you can do it. Um, I don't know, hustle, (laughs) especially in college campuses, I think you experience a lot of people who just are looking for forward to, you know, the next thing. And that's when they're going to be happy. Um, It's like, mm, (laughs) you know, if you actually, if you knew the Lord and if you knew the freedom that the Lord has in store for your life, even in, in your, in your suffering and in your, um, and in your toil of sorts, I mean, all work is kind of (laughs) toil, you know, it's not going to follow you to heaven. Um, you, you would be set free by, by that message. And yeah, so I think we just live in a world that is really far away from the spiritual reality. You know, God isn't real. So what is? Like what what gives my life meaning? What gives my life purpose? Um people are everything people do is pretty much, you know, them trying to answer and fill that question.
2: That's good stuff. Um alexa you've uh worked at u c o for a number of years now all <laughs> at m s u stephen you were at m s u for a bit and now you're at u of m Have you guys ever discussed like whether there's differences between the two schools like the in what students are experiencing going through like is there environment things or ha- i don't know and it, it, it could be no like all college students are facing the same thing, but it's just something that popped into my head like do you guys see differences oh
4: yeah. Oh, yeah. certainly. Certainly.
2: Okay. <laughs> well, what have you noticed?
4: Um, there's a number of of practical things that are just very different. Mm-hmm. Um, expectations are really different yeah. for what even what daily life is going to look like between the two schools. There's just mm-hmm. a an entirely different culture there. Mm-hmm. Um, MSU is really work hard, play hard. <laughs> uh, emphasis That's on true. the play hard. <laughs> Um, But there's also a lot of work hard there. And it's, you know what, I'm going to cram. I mean, I remember guys sitting behind me in lectures, you know, bragging about how they got blackout last night, and then they woke up and they like three pointed their test that's like the thing at state that I remember, at least among men, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I'm going to make this look easy and I'm going to do not like excellent, but I'm going to do well enough that I'm going to be successful and I'm going to, I'm going to get my stuff done so I can party hard on the weekends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Michigan, I would say, um, there's a sort of like, I don't yeah, I don't want, I don't want to say this disparagingly actually because there's some real good to it, but there's sort of a franticness, uh a frantic energy at, at U of M that's just not present uh in the same way at MSU. I think uh students that pressure to succeed is is just much higher. Mm-hmm. There's also uh you know, I wouldn't say that either school really has a, a strong spirit of camaraderie among your classmates but U of M actually has something of like a more legitimate competition between you and your classmates. I think people, people often feel pitted against one another. Interesting. Um, some of the ways that they grade, um, classes are based on curves, especially in different schools. So they see their classmates really as competition. Um, and there's a one upmanship that, that can be really difficult. Um, to, to deal with and, um, to break out of that culture. It, it's kind of, some of it is a bit like, you know, some of what we do just practically is try to get students to come to things. That'll be a good environment for them. MSU, you're more likely to have somebody blow you off for, you know, something, (laughs) some kind of a party or whatever. Yeah. Whereas U of M, I mean, Friday night you'll get, no man, I'm studying. I never encountered that as a student at MSU. Yeah, I think Alexa, you might be able (laughs) to add some stuff too.
3: I have only ever worked at MSU. So yeah, I think at MSU, I do get quite a bit of students that just flake because they're partying. And then they tell you later, they're like, oh, I'm studying. And then they tell you later, they're like, oh, I did this. (laughs) <laughs> i'm like oh okay let's talk about that um which is you know that's that's just college um but yeah there's there's definitely a difference i think between different college campuses and what what we're ministering to and the sorts of you know things we're combating
4: for sure i will say there's a there's a strength to both schools, I don't oh, want to just disparage completely their cultures. Yeah. <laughs> One of the strengths I see at U of M actually is that there there really are a lot of very intelligent people there mm. on that campus, mm-hmm. and there really are a lot of people who actually desire something great in a way that was hard to encounter at MSU actually. And you know, it's very it's very uncommon to find someone who desires something great who is actually putting their hope for their life in Jesus Christ at mm-hmm. U of M. But I will say like, they're just, there's almost a higher ceiling in some ways. Um, I think there's less, there's a little bit less passivity, the passivity in the culture it, in East Lansing a bit tough to deal with. And um, it just, I mean, we have problems in Ann Arbor, but <laughs> yeah. they manifest differently. And yeah. um, there really are a lot of people with great capacity who are looking to to do something good and excellent. And, um, it's, it's good to encounter them and to be able to make friendships there and preach the gospel to them.
2: Yeah. No, that's really good insight because I think too often we just see like all college students are the same. They're all going through this. They're all doing this. Yeah. It's like actually from college to college, it can be drastically really different, different what yeah. their experiences mm-hmm. are, what they're st- currently struggling with stuff like that. So it's really insightful. That's good.
0: So we t- typically when we interview people, we have two now. So we are mm. going to take a quick ba- brain break. <clears throat> That's what we uh, we call it. And we have a random question just to kind of mm-hmm. throw at you. Exciting. Uh, yeah, it's always fun. But before we go there, before we started recording, we had some conversation oh about no. a particular movie <laughs> mm. that Stephen may or may not love. That's my yeah. favorite movie. Yeah. It really thought. is your favorite movie? It's my movie? favorite movie. Do oh, you guys want to explain okay. a little bit of where we're coming from on this? I, I think just thought we should tension. start, Steven. There was tension in the room that maybe should be resolved. <laughs> I want to say
4: swallow. that I'm... Being set up,
2: it's yeah. <laughs> really why we brought you in here, Stephen. I'm
4: <laughs> gonna say,
2: Alexia got us together. I was like, we need to talk mm. about this, guys. Yeah, I really yeah.
3: did. Yeah, this is where it's unveiling.
4: <laughs> Nobody likes to go first in these situations, but I will do it. <laughs> I will say that the movie How to Train Your Dragon mm-hmm. is Alexia's. <laughs> Favorite film, they've made three of them now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Our Our
2: audience audience did not see this coming, by the way. I guarantee you. All
0: all three are your favorite. No, the
3: second one is technically my favorite.
0: does that make a difference for you, Steven? No, okay,
3: (laughs) it absolutely does it. Is that the one
2: that went straight to TV? No, that's the third one, (laughs) which is (laughs) good.
4: I will say, there's a lot there that's very entertaining. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna sound like <laughs> some kind Stephen, of curmudgeon. You're really walking curmudgeon. around this. Okay. I'm going straight <laughs> in then. I think that the story's not super helpful because it really portrays it's kind of this classic thing of like a lot of kids' movies nowadays, like portray uh, you know, the young hero as having like found something or discovered something that everyone needs to know. And everyone needs to know about it. But, you know, the older generation, his dad in this case, just doesn't want to hear about it. And that's like a real dynamic. I think, you know, there's always that tension. I mean, there's always that tension in in groups of people where like there's more conservative older generations and younger people who are like, we got to shake this up. I think you need both of those. I think it's really unhelpful when we boil down stories like that to just basically end up as like, you know what? The old people, they're wrong. And the young people, they're right. And you always need those young people to come in and like the you know the redeeming like character you took it art. personally. Yeah, he this really movie. did. I'm yeah. a young person. I just want to say Are that you? <laughs> you, look. you look. I'm an old soul man. Yeah. Uh,
3: no, I did. I don't know. It's just like the dads. It's just such a specific movie to have this feeling over. It's not just this movie though. Oh, this okay.
4: it, it's not just this I've movie. I've just heard you
3: say it. About finding Nemo the same way. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you're not Which about to hate a great on Finding film.
4: Nemo, but. I think that there's a lot of stuff where it's like, okay, you know, your dad's wrong. That's the end of the story. There's like, there's no like. It's there's got to be conflict though. There's got to be
0: conflict. I'm just because... saying,
3: how to train your dragon comes back, and the parents are like a part of the story, and it's so beautiful once they also... realize
2: they're wrong. Though. Yeah. Well,
3: yeah. Okay. Whatever. But it models forgiveness in such a Christian way. Mm. It's beautiful.
2: Yeah.
4: I so I think reconciliation. I think the reconciliation is two sided though. There's Mm. no like, hey dad, I'm sorry that I Uh, was impetuous.
2: Wow. And (laughs) I I disrespected you. (laughs) You. Well, okay. All right. Alexia, what's Mm -hmm. your case for why this is the greatest movie to ever exist?
3: uh okay greatest movie to ever exist no my favorite movie yes okay all right i'm sure there are movies better than this this is my personal professional opinion as a child at heart uh it has dragons in it (laughs) um which are fun and cool uh that's
4: definitely true i just want to say that (laughs) (laughs) thank you you. i appreciate that that's
2: good um we're moving forward it has dragons in
3: it and it has a great story arc wherein instead of, like, in my opinion, instead of the parents just being wrong forever, they they come together as, like, a team afterwards. And this whole community is built around what this one person has found. Um, and it's also, the score is amazing. So...
2: Hmm. That's
4: good. I'm just gonna say, people who listen to this who haven't seen this movie are just gonna be like, "What?" The heck? Yeah, they're gonna no, watch the, Yeah, for watching. sure.
2: No, that's that's 100% gonna spike watching. on Netflix's streaming uh, data mm-hmm. for sure yep. because of this it's great. podcast. It's actually
3: uh, free right now on Amazon Prime.
2: Great, there it is. There it is. So, is it free though? If Jeff Bezos owns it, nothing's
3: free if Jeff Bezos owns yeah, it. Exactly. Sorry to say.
2: Uh, okay, so let's do this, Alexia. <laughs> Out of ten, mm-hmm. what would you give uh, the movie? And feel free to do like you know point two, whatever you know.
3: The like how to like train IMDb.
2: Your it's IMDb. You get to grade I how to, to grade train it. your dragon. What oh, is your score,
3: Lord? Um, again, this is my personal favorite movie, not like the world's favorite movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, whatever
2: you value it at. Come
3: on. I'd give it a 10. Yeah. Yeah.
4: 10 10 out of 10. 10. Literally, hold on.
2: You're saying it's flawless, then.
4: It's her favorite movie. She's that's gotta give it a this ten. Is, uh, that's great. If your favorite movie is a yeah, ten out of ten, my movie not you passionately defend the things you are 10? passionate about. What? Because I mean, is...
2: I'm a realist. Oh, <laughs> okay. You well, got you're not critiquing the yeah. stuff. <laughs>
0: that's her favorite movie. Okay, yeah. ten it's out
2: of ten. my
4: favorite movie. This great. is the
3: thing. It's a kids movie that doesn't feel patronizing, like most kids movies are. Yeah. <laughs> it's a kids movie I can still watch when I'm 25 and be just as delighted as when I watched it when I was 10. Great. And it has dragons in it.
2: Yeah. I'm a simple one. And it hates old people. And it yeah. hates
3: old people, people like me. It's a huge
2: <laughs> plus,
4: actually. I've been waiting for films that hate on the elderly for a long
2: time. All right, now Steven, what's your grade of the movie? I'd give it a seven point two. Okay. This oh, that's is what high. I'm saying.
3: That's really. This high. is what I'm saying. He doesn't that's... even dislike it that much. I'd
2: say, <laughs> wow. I just said. So you I, hold on though. I I consider myself to be a bit of like a, a movie grading expert.
0: Wow. I take he lives in the world of IMDb. such <laughs> value
2: in IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, all Thank that. Okay, you. that's a fun Oh, fact. I love it. Okay. Okay. Steven, a seven point two is very solid. Yeah, that's a good movie. That's it's, a yeah. It's you, a would, solid movie. you would you would highly recommend it at this. seven
0: two. Even though there's conflict with the elder. Really?
2: Yes. I, okay. Well, if you begin to dislike <laughs> it, I would put it at like. Mid sixes or below, I at say, least. Okay,
4: based on that, I'd say six point five. Okay. Yeah, it was fun. Wow. It's way a to, fun way move. to be movable. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying if that's the scale pressure. we're using, six point five. My scale, I put it seven point two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Why is it a seven point two? I think, I think it's fun. It's entertaining. Okay. If you don't think about it too much, maybe you don't get indoctrinated by it. <laughs> if yeah, you don't so, take the movie personally. If you're, if you're
3: listening to this at home, <laughs> Stephen just thinks so much about movies that they're not fun anymore.
4: <laughs> no. Some movies are more fun when you think about them. He just has, a,
0: has compassion for the elderly. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> Nobody
3: ever watched How to Train Your Dragon and thought, I hate my grandparents and my dad now.
2: <laughs> I need to tell them that they're wrong.
3: Nobody said, now I must go discover a new species that well, we've been trying to kill forever. If
4: they did think that consciously, then they would be better equipped to be able to choose for or against it. But It's a good it push. because, unconsciously, To
2: be honest, Steven, I didn't think about the movie that way until you said it. It never crossed my mind that it pits generations against each other. Yeah. I so get you, that it happens in the movie, but I never thought like, oh, someone's going to walk away thinking like, you know what? That older generation is wrong. Sounds like you have a convert. Wow. <sighs> yeah, I hate the movie now. <laughs> Sorry, Alexia. Well,
3: with that, I'm done being I'm on throwing this podcast. Away, <laughs> I'm throwing
2: away the DVD of it. My kid's I do over. have
0: one question for the brain break. Oh, okay, oh, great. Okay. That, all yeah. Right. Give me the question. Throw it out there. Are you guys ready? Everybody's got an answer. Mm-hmm. What is the worst slash most annoying catchphrase? Oh.
4: I, I just wasn't prepared for this.
0: <laughs> what Bazinga. is the worst slash most annoying catchphrase? You hate uh, what's that show called?
3: I do. I actually very strongly hate that show. The Sheldon show. What's yeah. it mm-hmm. called? I don't know. Big Bang Theory.
2: Big Bang Theory. <laughs> yeah, bazinga.
0: I just, just think not it's... a fan of that.
3: No, I don't like anything that tries to make being a nerd cool.
2: <laughs> like How to Train a Dragon.
3: <laughs> well, okay, that didn't <laughs> make it cool. <laughs>
2: the Dragon Trainer. I just like his being nerd
3: things being uncool, and also it's. Yeah. Oh, I I don't want to go off on that. I have very weird, strong opinions on that.
2: <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I have strong opinions. All right, on Bazinga, it. though. That's good. That's good.
4: <laughs> I would say I really didn't like it when people would yell "fail." for a while.
3: Oh. You know, I used to have a shirt that said that. I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> it had, it had a, an arrow pointing to the person next to me.
4: Oh, wow, fail. Please <laughs> me this was like middle school.
3: Uh, Yeah, it was when I was in my scene phase when I had purple hair.
2: Oh,
4: mm. man. Yeah,
3: I never yeah.
2: met that Alexia.
3: No, that. God bless you.
2: You would have liked her. That Alexia hated how to no. train a trick. <laughs>
3: That Alexia liked to argue more than this one, oh. <laughs> and there she was an atheist then. So,
2: <laughs> so what was your answer, Stephen? Fail. 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 That's right. That's episode. right. Fail.
4: It just like it, man, yeah. it came after everything, and it was like oh, that's so unhelpful. Yeah, it's <laughs> a great point, actually. <laughs> just really discouraging. That's fair.
2: Yeah, for me, it would be, uh, and I don't know if this is fits fully, but like people say, um, I could care less. Mm. That one drives me na- n- nuts. Night- Did you say nightmare? Be- I didn't know what I was going to say. <laughs> that one drives me na- nuts is what I meant. Why? Uh, mm. Because it's wrong. Yeah, it's I couldn't care less. Oh, so but like- But mm. for some mm-hmm. reason, people just say I could care less. They like just got rid of the not part. Yeah. But that's the key. You couldn't care less about it. <laughs> if you say I could care less, that means you actually do care. It just mm-hmm. it bothers me when I hear people say, oh, I could care less. So Especially you do. Or
0: not for the phrase. Though. I
2: don't know. That's what slang. I did. That's what popped up into my head. Yeah. People say the phrase, the catchphrase wrong all the time, and they're okay with it, apparently.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I'll, I'll receive that.
2: I'm a Cremungeon now, too, yeah. Steven. <laughs> wow. Well. Catchphrase energy for... is really yeah. nice. be <laughs> kind of,
4: I want to say that I'm an optimist. <laughs> 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 I say you
3: are I'm an optimist.
0: Nice. That's good. That's good. nice. <laughs> All right, catchphrase for me is uh throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm. I don't like throwing babies. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's pretty real.
3: You know that is that is something I can get behind. Let's not throw babies.
0: Yeah. And people say it all the time, "throw the baby out with the bathwater." One, I've never done that <laughs> ever. And two, I don't know really what it means because mm. we're going to extremes and we're throwing the baby, you know, with the bathwater. Yeah. So all of a sudden, the bait, yeah it just doesn't make <laughs> sense to me at all. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that
2: one struck I, just, her. I
3: wasn't really thinking about throwing babies out before this conversation. <laughs> But now it's in my brain. Yeah,
2: I'm sorry. it is a weird like catchphrase that people mm-hmm. had to remember. Like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I shouldn't do that. I don't know.
3: Did
0: anybody? I right. don't know if it was like <laughs> a
4: teaching not point though. Throw a baby, <laughs> okay.
0: like just in case you have <laughs> like, an inkling throw of throwing of a baby. The there was a mean? phrase to not throw the baby. Yeah, you know. So I, I just think it's it pointless. is odd. Yeah. Is Anyways, odd. that was a good break. I appreciate that. Great. Well, we uh we look for. Uh, on the podcast are mm-hmm. two kind of pillars that we stick with is looking for uh, hope and also entertainment because entertainment's <laughs> important, right? You got to have the entertaining value. I
3: like both of those things.
0: Yeah. Well, I have a question along the hope lines now for you two. What does hope mean to you guys? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Turn the page. <laughs> you on a pithy phrase? <laughs>
3: actually I do want a pithy phrase. <laughs>
4: uh, okay let me try to do this seriously <laughs>
0: entertainment's good too this is hard mm-hmm. after the brain break bro <laughs> my brain is, my brain is my still my brain in the is break, still on break yeah. <laughs> that's how life works yeah, that's, right? start back mm-hmm. up now
2: Ew, you never know uh,
4: I, I think for me hope okay I'm going to say something that's a half cooked idea but I think it's true I think for me, hope means that what happens today matters. Mm. What happens
3: <clears throat> tomorrow
2: matters. That's a
3: nice pithy phrase.
2: Good. What that's a to that journalist matters? major cracking through right there. Yeah, it is really good. Is.
3: I don't think I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna <laughs> come up with something as good as that, um, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I would, I would say something along the the same lines that. Th- that what you do matters and our lives are worth something um, and they're going somewhere. I think when I, because, w- you know, sometimes the best way to think about something is to think about its opposite. When I think about being hopeless, nothing matters. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, yeah, I would say to hope in something would be to believe that you and your life matter.
0: Mm-hmm. That's great. And I'll let you ask a question here just a second, Evan, uh, along with that, in, in that w- what you just shared, too, a little bit mm-hmm. of looking at the opposite of hope. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading and I put uh, a quote that I'm not going to read, but from Heschel. He's just a amazing writer, author. Mm-hmm. Look him up if you have time. Um, but... He was talking about how you have to basically as a prophet, minor profit, major prophet, whatever. They had mm-hmm. to walk through such a journey mm-hmm. of the opposite where there was no hope yep. in order yeah. for them to walk in an area where they could actually start talking about hope. Mm-hmm. But you need the hopelessness before the hope. Yeah. Do you guys agree with that?
3: Oh, mm. yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Yes. I would 100% <laughs> agree with that. Maybe 110
4: I mean, Why? I think we've both experienced that, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I mean, both Alexi and I, like, have walked through very difficult things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not that there aren't people that haven't, haven't walked through, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. similarly or more difficult things. But, mm-hmm. um, I've experienced that in my life. Like, I've I've experienced that even in in this work too.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, I realize that there's something that I need in Mm -hmm. times where I just can't see ahead of me. There's this passage in Isaiah, um, and it sounds kind of harsh, but, uh, (laughs) basically where the Lord says, um, you know, the image is, is given of, um, you know, someone in a, in a dark cave where they can't they can't see anything. Mm -hmm. And the Lord says, you know, cursed is the one who lights the way by his own torch. Mm. Um, and we need actually times where we have a temptation to pick up something that will give us light, Mm -hmm. um, and cling to something that's not God. Yeah. But, God in his timing is not going to steal away an opportunity for us to be built up by mm-hmm. giving us what we need actually too early.
3: Um, yeah. Amen.
4: and I've seen that in this work, like I'm experiencing that right now in my life. There's many places where I can see, you know, I really need God to work in his timing.
0: Yeah.
4: Uh, and I wish his timing was today. <laughs> I really wish his Don't timing was today or yesterday <laughs> And I'm a little ticked off, actually, <laughs> yeah. that it's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is such an important part of my life and mm-hmm. my just my relationship with Jesus, where I I can really say to him, you know, I'll be honest, I'm not happy with you. And yeah. I don't think that that's probably right, but that is my <laughs> response. And I'm going to express that to you because I yes. know that you love me. Yeah. And we're going to talk about this. And in the end, you know what? I am going to do what you want me to do, and I know that I can't really do anything differently because you have my life in your hands. Mm-hmm. But every time that I walk through that time in my life, I have really encountered the gospel in ways that I, I just need, and I walk away from it, and I often forget about it. I just, it's just my, my brain jettisoned something of Mm -hmm. faith and hope in the Lord and trusting in him. And so I actually need the Lord to do that to me often. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that speaks to honestly a, a very humble, but a very stubborn faith that I have seen in you, Stephen, like you, you very frequently are like, yeah. <laughs> Stephen's very good at being honest, um, that he's mad at God, um, <laughs> which has good. actually been something that like I looked up to you when we oh, were yeah. students. Cause I was not very honest with God when I was angry. Um, and actually I've, it's kind of funny that you asked that question. Can I share like a quick thing that Please. I've been thinking of yeah. on, um, so a few years ago when I started staff work, um, I felt a calling actually from the Lord, a very humbling call. Cause I thought I was okay to start therapy, um, for not even for me, but for my students. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And the Lord was like, do it. Um, and I graduated out of therapy a few months ago, which wow. I didn't know that people could do. I thought they just stopped being able to <laughs> afford it. Um, <laughs> you <just move> on. <laughs> but my therapist one day came to me and said, I don't think you need me anymore. And I was like, what? Mm. Uh-huh wait, you're right. Um, but that a lot of my students lately have been coming to me to seek advice on whether or not they should get a therapist. So I've, I've been thinking about my own journey lately. And my first time I was ever in therapy was pretty crazy because my, my therapist gave me an assessment that's called, um, an ACE assessment. ACE stands Mm. for adverse childhood experiences. Mm. Um, it is, a list of 10 yes or no questions of either you have or have not experienced this and they are the 10 worst things that psychologists agree on that can happen to a person before they turn 18. Um, And we'd been talking for like an hour or so and she went to another room to do paperwork um, and from the other room my therapist goes oh my gosh, Alexia, I know why you're in therapy. And she comes in waving this piece of paper. And I was like, I thought we just spent the last hour talking about that, but please tell me more. Um, And my my therapist hands me this paper that's got a nine on the top of it. And I was like, okay, (laughs) what does this mean? And she was like, Alexia. And then she handed me a small piece of paper. Um, And the small piece of paper had, uh, she said, she asked me to read it out loud. Um, And that said, the things on that piece of paper were like somewhere close to like 10 plus suicide attempts, 50 plus sexual partners, pregnancies, uh, drug addictions, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, what is this a prophecy for my life? Why am I why am I reading this right now? And she said, Alexia. My my therapist worked as a social worker in um, the with like the poorest of the poor for many years. And so she had seen a lot of people who had my ace score, um, which was a nine of 10. And she said, Alexia, at your age, statistically, this is what your life should look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and and she my my therapist was a believer. And she said, and people like you are the reason why I believe that God is real. Wow. Um, because yes. the Lord has entered into your life and has yeah. redeemed and renewed it in a way that does not make any sense. And your personality, like the things that you're coming to me for are actually so minuscule mm-hmm. compared to the things you should be experiencing. And you have been so kept and so protected by the Lord that I wish I could show it to you. And I want you to I want you to take these things home and to pray about them and to be proud of them. Um, mm-hmm. Because everything that you have experienced has been bad but you are a testament you know to to the hope of the lord because look at you now you know you're you're giving your life to minister to people um and much of my ministry now has been for the past three years i the running joke on my staff team is that i get all of the hardest students Um, and I don't do it on purpose. I don't like look at people and I'm like, Oh, that person looks like, you know, they're going to call me up right after they got raped. But that's like, those are the sorts of students. I have held women more than one woman after a significant sexual trauma, you know, and carried her through that. Um, and you know, still believes in the Lord. I have been with women as they've learned, you know, I got pregnant from rape and then I miscarried and that that took a toll on my body. Mm and why did God let this happen to me? I have like in my staff work, I have seen some of the hardest things, but because of what the Lord did in me when I was a child, before I was 18, I am sort of unflappable (laughs) to the, and I don't say that like I I did three years of therapy all like, (laughs) and I could always go back at any given moment. (laughs) Um, but the Lord, the Lord is faithful. Um, and it is such such a beautiful thing for me now to realize and look back and all the moments that the lord like my life has just been a tragedy one after another after another and i'm not saying that to like elicit pity i'm saying that cuz it's true and it's worth saying um but my god is good and he is faithful um and <laughs> he is the only thing i will ever put my hope in because he has redeemed and restored me. And I believe that is true for the worst of the worst, for the the most broken and for the most hurt. Um, Mm -hmm. And I will, you Mm -hmm. know, (laughs) I will defend and try to chase after those who are the most hopeless, hopefully for the rest of my life, um, because the Lord has saved me. Um,
0: When the therapist told you that, mm -hmm. when you were in that moment, were you able to receive that? Because I know a lot of us, when you get that kind of a compliment, <laughs> you know, it's hard to process that and actually allow it to. Because, mm. I mean, even just sharing that, like that touches everybody in this room, <laughs> along with the podcast listeners and all that. Like, that's incredible. I'm just curious, are you able to receive it?
3: Um, I don't think I was at the time. Um, I I think at the time I was also... I was caretaking for the first time for a lot. I was at that time probably taking care of 15 freshman women who were the most traumatized students that I still have experienced in my staff work. And the only thing I can think about was them. Mm-hmm. Like, and the, nobody really mi- means to do this, but you just compare your problems to other people and you're like, mine are so small. Um, and looking back on that moment, <laughs> I think, especially over... You know, my, even the past two years with the pandemic, like my life, my, the Lord really like stripped me bare of a lot of things, and I thought I already was bare <laughs> before. Yeah. Um, but the Lord kept taking things away from me, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just look back on that moment. The in, you know, that was a week before I started. Well, no, 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 no. That was my first month in staff work. Um, actually, that was Reach month of my first time with UCO and I think my my therapist did keep kind of harping. Mm. Like almost every time we came to therapy I would come with all these things. And my therapist her only words almost every time were I'm so proud of you. Wow. Um which was like mm. <laughs> um and then I started it was over the course of that relationship and over those years that I actually started to internalize. Um, that kind of a love. Cause I mean, I also came from a very unloved place. So compliments just always yeah. flew over my head. I was like very kind of thirsty for them, even as a college student, because I just never believed them. Um, so now I can say that I am very thankful that she said that and yeah. I can receive it now, but I've gone through a lot of healing to get there. Thank you for asking that.
0: Thanks for sharing. Right. Yeah. That's amazing.
2: No, it's good. We, uh, I mean, I couldn't appreciate you guys opening up and sharing all those uh, stories and weights that you felt and, and wrestled through and where you've seen hope. Uh, I would love it if you guys could come back again sometime, uh, if you guys are willing to share your stories and and how you mm-hmm. have found hope through all that. Because I know both of your stories pretty well, especially your Steven, just because I've known you for many years. But um, man, you, you guys are living testimonies to hope to how good uh, Jesus can be when you trust Him. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this is really incredible stuff. So thank you for sharing all that.
0: Yeah. Any last encouraging words for listeners?
2: Man, things change.
4: That's all I'll say. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Nothing's too far gone. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
3: Yeah. If you're listening and you are just in a, in a place that you can't, you can't see the way out of, that's where the Lord likes to work the most. That's where he's got his biggest toolbox. You know, like that's all over. That's in Lamentations. That's in Isaiah. That's in mm-hmm. Jeremiah. That's in Jesus' story. <laughs> mm-hmm. The disciples did not know that Jesus was, you know, going to come back. They just knew he was going to die. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and some of us live in those days and are living in those days right now where all we can see is the death. And we're not yet at the resurrection. Um, But if you believe in the Lord and you believe in Jesus, the resurrection is coming because that's who God is. That's his character. That's his nature. And we can rest alone in that.
2: Yeah, That's just good. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. Hope you guys come back again and share even more with our our audience appreciate the work you guys are doing yeah um steven you mentioned earlier you're like man we're not pastors you guys are pastoring staff you are pastoring students you guys uh, embody everything that a pastor is Uh, i look up to the both Mm -hmm. of you uh and so just thank you for what you guys are doing a lot of hard work
0: you're definitely in the forefront thank
3: you you guys
2: too (laughs) Grace and peace to our audience. Uh, We love you guys. Hope you have a great rest of your week.